Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Liar. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle butt. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you in to Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and all of my gambling picks on Twitter, at UndercoverGreg. Joined, I would say as always, but he did miss the last one. Nothing against it, though. Uh, things happen. As my usual partner in crime, Bill Christie. Find him on gambling Twitter, at Larry's Locks 2, to become a part of his membership service. Bill, good to have you back again. It's been a couple of weeks, uh, but good to know that you're doing well. How you been? Yeah, doing doing real well. Good to be back. Yeah, it's been a busy couple of weeks for me, so uh, it was tough to get on the pod here, but glad to be back tonight. Uh, we got a decent little slate going Friday on the uh, on the diamond. Um, not sure how you've been doing on the diamond over the course yeah, of this early part of the season. Yet. I was, and then I feel like the last maybe week or so, it's kind of been a little bit as somebody we know likes to say, regression back to the mean sure. a bit. Um, yeah, not as hot as I was uh, early on there with with uh, with some of the trends that I was following, but I think I'm getting back on the horse now. Um, a lot of dogs have been have been hitting for me recently, which is always a nice thing to be in the plus money on those. But uh, yeah, like I said, decent slate tomorrow. Looking forward to diving into this with you. Yeah, no, and that's uh, definitely uh, the feeling is mutual. And, uh, yeah, you're right as far as the the dogs. And it's always one of the things that we talked we talked about at the beginning of the year with baseball is 
especially in those divisional games, you, you can uh, hit one or two of them and all of a sudden go 500 and still be up a unit or close to it. And uh, it's certainly one of the benefits for sure of uh, a baseball season. Variance in any one day can be pretty wide and uh, certainly uh, can, can make for some opportunities there uh, as far as the dogs um, and uh, just the, some of the value that exists on the money line. I do want to ask you um, as well, uh, before we get more into the uh, the baseball slate, uh, I'm curious if you've been hitting NBA a little more now that obviously our favorite college hoops is in the rear view or do you, you know, you're starting to get more into the professional hardwood? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I was actually on a decent run last week. It was kind of what was keeping me a little bit above water when uh, baseball was taking a hit for me. <clears throat> but I do believe that I was either reverse sweep tonight or – no, I, I should have been reverse sweep. I actually pushed one, and that was our Sixers on a ridiculous backdoor. I mean, they were down by like – I think You had 14. the Sixers or – I had the Sixers getting seven. Yeah, and I saw that. I think it was closed nuts. eight too, right? Yeah, so yeah, he could have gotten an eight. I ended up getting it at seven. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's NBA, I've always said that. To me, NBA is is a, a difficult one for me. I think my overall percentage is, like, is south of 53. So, um, tough to remain profitable in it, but, you any, know. Um, any worry, by the way, non-gambling point real quick. Sixers in a little bit of a lull. I know yeah. Simmons hasn't been on the floor, but. Yeah, yeah, I mean – I was telling uh, my brother-in-law actually about it. I was like, you know, everybody's starting to talk about the Bucks again, right? You know, like they that's the second time they beat the Sixers and they're Playing primed to get Saturday. the one seed. Dude, to be honest, the team that I think is going to be the team that we're going to have the most trouble with if we see them is the team we always have trouble with, and that's Boston. Boston. If, if yeah. they come in and they're and they're all healthy, like they have just so many weapons on that team. Pressure's kind of off them now, you know. Right. Right, exactly. So I I don't like where we're at. I mean, do you see the report by the way that what Indiana offered Stevens? No. Seven years, seventy million. Seven years. Seven, what is he? Is that what is he making? I, I'm not sure how that compares. I just saw it this week. I think Woj hmm. had it. Interesting. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, you make a good point there about Boston. I, I, one last thing, NBA wise, I like. I'm still seeing them like they're the favorite at like two and a half, two and a quarter to one in the futures market to win the title. Like I don't want a piece of Brooklyn. Like I'm sorry. Like the ongoing no. history saga. Like I was no. pissed last week when they happened with the Sixers game, and you know Durant played against garbage Minnesota, and then he doesn't play against the Sixers. Like no. I don't know. I I, I think it's going to come back to bite them. You got a first year coach trying to manage the egos that haven't even played together that much. We'll see. Right. But uh, I have no faith in, in Brooklyn come playoff time. No, I'm with you. I think that if I had to rank my four in the East, they would be the fourth. I think I'd go uh, Milwaukee, depending on how the matchups fall, Sixers or Celtics, and then I'd have the Nets as my fourth uh, right now. But, yeah, I would not be buying them at all. To come out of the East. Right. Well, let's get back to the diamond. As I said, that's kind of what we wanted to get into here and give you some picks. If you listen to my solo pod last weekend, you'll kind of get the feel for what we're doing here. We're going a little rapid fire, so to speak, a little bit shorter than 
our college basketball pods where obviously you have fewer games in a season. You want to kind of get into the nitty-gritty nuts and bolts a little bit more, uh, whereas baseball, as we talked about in the beginning, there can be a lot of variance in a 162-game season, and we're not saying not to bet these games, but uh, over the course of 162, if you dig in too much into any particular stat when it comes to handicapping one out of 162, you're probably uh, wasting your time to a degree. So that's just the life of the baseball season, long season, and and you hope that the statistical research and and some of the other things that you look into can help, but you would certainly think that the variance, like I said, is kind of always there with baseball on any given day, and, and we just hope that we're getting you on the right day with these picks. So on that note, we're going to start on the East Coast and work our way. Uh, a lot of picks. Actually, uh, we have three picks involving AL Central games, uh, and then we're going to head out to the National League West for what is kind of a consensus pick at the end of the podcast. But we do have a little bit of a crossfire out of the gate uh, as we have the Baltimore Orioles welcoming in the Oakland Athletics at Camden Yards. Uh, Bill, I'll let you start. You like the home team. I do have to ask you, we're both uh, South Jersey natives, at least, growing up. And uh, have you ever been down there to uh, the yards there in Camden? Camden? I have. I actually think we may have talked about this either in the first pod for we the might baseball have, season yeah. or, or maybe all fair. But, uh, yeah, that that is one of the few uh, baseball stadiums that I have visited. It is yeah, a, it's awesome. In general, whether you, you get it there at the ballpark or – because I've been to the ballpark. I've also been to the Preakness. Uh, but do you like the uh, Baltimore seafood? You know what? I if, Back when I actually went down there, yes, now. I've developed an allergy to shellfish, so I can't really enjoy it, unfortunately. So, um, I, yeah, I'm partial. I was partial to it, but now I, I don't have a choice. I can't I can't enjoy it, unfortunately. Yeah, wow. That, that's disappointing. It uh, is. It is. But uh, nonetheless, let's get into it with the home team, Baltimore Orioles, on the baseball diamond, obviously. Uh, Not exactly the best team in baseball. The Baltimore Orioles will be nice and say that, but uh, you're backing them here. Looks like they're plus 115, plus 20 on the money line. Tell me why you like them. So, I love you. I think right out of the gate, what you just said, right? They're they're only, what, plus 115, you're saying? That makes no sense against this Oakland team who is – the hottest team uh, in baseball yeah. right now, right? Like I think they won 11 or 12 straight. Um, Baltimore's throwing Lopez, who's one and two with a over eight and a half ERA. Um, not to say that Cole Irvin has been a Cy Young candidate with a, a you know a, a four a four six ERA, but when you're talking about the hottest team in baseball, um, you're talking about a, going up against a pitcher who with a huge ERA. Um, it doesn't add up to me right out of the gate. So right there, I was kind of looking at it and saying, you know, something smells a little fishy here, speaking of seafood. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but when I looked a little bit into it more, uh, Oakland versus righties, which Lopez is, uh, they're only hitting 215. They're 22nd in the uh, in the league. Orioles, other way around, going against Irvin, who's a lefty. They're hitting 255 against lefties. They're 11th in the league. Um, and Cole Irvin's only win came against the Tigers, uh, who – uh, believe it or not, are the league's worst against lefties. Uh, they're hitting a combined 174. Uh, and then Lopez on the other side was roughed up against Bosox, who Bosox are actually the top in the league against righties, hitting almost 300. So 
when I looked at it that way, like those kind of things added up a little bit to make it, you know, maybe it makes a little more sense with the money line there. But overall, it just smells fishy to me. Uh, I think that there's a decent value here on Baltimore. And look, Oakland's not going to go, you know, 100-0 or whatever it might be going through the rest of the season. So they're going to take a loss sooner or later. Um, and this line, at least to me, just seems indicative of it being the spot where they're going to fall. Yeah, I, I could see it happening this weekend even, uh, but I do kind of want to talk about something that we've kind of bounced back and forth on when it comes to the – well, maybe not even back and forth. I think we've kind of had agreement on some of the bigger money lines in baseball having value, and that's kind of where I would prefer to back Baltimore. I'd be looking for them over the weekend here at a north of 150 money line uh, to try and take a more of a shot – knowing that, like you said, the A's aren't going to win every game. It is 11 in a row that they have won. I know you said 11 or 12. And so that's kind of my preference as far as this weekend's series with the Orioles is concerned and how I would want to fade Oakland and see that winning streak come to a conclusion. I actually look at this kind of a different way, and I know that Jorge Lopez, as you said, has uh, obviously not lit it up, to say the least. But uh, Cole Irvin as a favorite, like that's what jumped out to me, and I realized maybe it's kind of by default. I got suckered into taking Detroit last time out for Cole Irvin, and Casey Mize, I gave it out here. It was I gave out a max winner on the Rays on our podcast last weekend, but it was a loser for me on Detroit. Yeah, a little bit of a sucker line that I fell for with Casey Mize, the former number one overall pick for Detroit, being a short dog at home against the, or excuse me, out in Oakland against the A's and Cole Irvin, who's been woeful most of his career. I mean, we're Phillies fans. The guy barely made it with the Phillies and uh, was just a walking three-run homer, it felt like, every time he came into the game. And so um, to see him as a favorite actually kind of made me think, oh, well, we're doing this again after he was favored, and that was probably his best start as a big leaguer uh, last week against Detroit. So I kind of look at that and say, well, now he's favored again. It is the Tigers uh, the first time, but now it's Baltimore, who actually offensively is worse than Detroit. So uh, I think that Irvin should be able to have success in this spot. And I look at that, and again, maybe I'm falling for another trap here to some degree, given the fact that you do only have to lay 30. I got him at, looks like minus 131, uh, and, and that is not enough juice to scare me away from taking a chance with Oakland. And so I kind of look at that and say, all right, well, Irvin was successful against the Detroit offense. Like I said, now he's facing a worse offense in Baltimore. And some of the hitters, by the way, for Oakland aren't even heating up yet, uh, namely Matt Chapman and Ramon Laureano. So while Mark Canna and Jed Lowry and Matt Olson have all been good, uh, I still think there's another another level that Oakland can get to, at least for this week or for this night on Friday evening against Baltimore. I think the winning streak continues. But like I said, I will be more inclined towards fading Oakland maybe later in the weekend if I can see a, a plus 150, plus 160, plus 170 type line for Baltimore pops. So little consensus here. I know you got the better of me on the college basketball consensus is more or less. So, or excuse me, crossfires. So uh, maybe maybe I can get you on this one, but we'll see. <laughs> we shall see. 
Let's move forward and go to a game where uh, we have, uh, excuse me, one of my picks um, in the American League Central. I mentioned it. We have quite a few uh, picks in the American League Central here, and I am going to start by playing the Cleveland Indians as a home underdog at plus 125. I like Cleveland, and... They're playing the New York Yankees, Logan Allen, battle of left-handers here, Logan Allen for the home team, the Tribe, against Jordan Montgomery for New York. And first off, Jordan Montgomery is just kind of a middle-of-the-road pitcher. So when he's minus 140 in that neighborhood, like 139 it looks like here on better line, like I, I, I just immediately am a little skeptical. Like this guy's just – he is what he is, a 4-5 on a good team, and, you know, the Yankees, obviously, the last few years, starting pitching hasn't been their M.O., and he's a guy that they keep trotting out there, but, you know, I mentioned my max winner on the Rays that I gave out on this podcast. It was a fade of Jordan Montgomery to a degree. I, I just don't think that this guy, particularly in this spot, should be a road favorite of close to $1.50. Um, and also, I mean... One of the bigger stories now in the month of April, as we're almost a month into the baseball season, has been the ineptitude of New York's offense. I mean, the Bron- not so Bronx bombing there uh, with the pinstripes is the Yankees, as of the, the middle of the week, this was a graphic that popped up um, and was going around Twitter, 25th in runs per game, 29th in team batting average, 21st in home runs, 21st in on-base percentage, and last in slugging percentage. So if they're not giving you the big-time offensive production and you don't have a Garrett Cole on the mound, I don't understand why I, – I just I can't back Jordan Montgomery as at this price point. And the only way I can look is to a home dog. Logan Allen has pitched well at home so far this year. He has allowed a total of three earned runs in ten innings pitched and only seven hits at home in, in – in his home outings. So against a not good offense right now, which feels weird to say with the Yankees <laughs> at home at a plus price, I'm going to be on the tribe here. Bill, I know you don't have a pick, but just in general, what do you make out of the slow start? Granted, they did win on th- tonight, Thursday night, as we record, doubled up the tribe six to three. Mm-hmm. What do you make of this slow start for the Yankees? Yeah, I don't, I have no idea how to explain it. I mean, you figure with the amount of weapons that they have in that lineup and, and guys that can that can put the ball out on any pitch, you'd think they'd be putting up some more runs. And you mentioned, I think you said, right, they're last in slugging percentage. That's slugging, right? That's, that's just Wait, that sandbox, Yankee State. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. That's crazy. I mean, you got to figure eventually they're going to break out. Um, they're not going to finish the season at the bottom, but like, like you're saying, I mean, everything kind of adds up here to to Cleveland being the play. Um, they shouldn't. New York should not be favored in this game. I think they're favored because they're the Yankees. And then when I looked at it, it's very, very early, but well over ninety percent of tickets and money that are coming in are coming in on the Yankees. And to me, that's just people playing the Yankees because they're you know, the Yankees. Bill, it's something we talked about throughout the year when it comes to. And granted, you know, some of the blue bloods like UCLA and Kansas, various points in the college basketball season, got it together. But mm-hmm. we talked plenty of times in college basketball season about how it just felt like 
there was a blue blood tax or lines were never going to match up with how those teams were playing or the lack thereof because of the fact that you knew people were going to go back to the window and bet them, right. whether it was Kentucky or Michigan State or Duke or whoever it was that was underachieving. And I think that's definitely what we're going to see as the baseball season wears on. Like we said, in time, do the Yankees wake up? Probably. But, yeah. you know, from a gambling standpoint, I just think you're going to see blind faith thrown their way at the window. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and I think what's evident of that was their series against the Rays. Like, the Rays, if you look at them over the past two to three years, have absolutely owned the Yankees. Owned the Yankees. But it's because they're the Yankees that they're still being favored. And the average better probably can't Yankees. name three dudes on the Rays. Exactly. And I feel like you brought up a good point there, like that that you know analogy to the Blue Bloods in college. Like, I feel like Houston has been a team of that in, in, in the MLB this year where, like, you know, there's, I look at games, and I'm like, they really shouldn't be favored in this one, and they are. And you see all this public money coming on them, and you go the opposite way of it, and it's and it seems to be hitting. It just feels like that they're getting, you know, that like you said, that tax put on them, and the public just keeps backing them, even though, you know, logic says otherwise. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not going to have a play on it, but, yeah, I like where your stance is here with, uh, with Cleveland. Hey, Bill, last point. Mm-hmm. I know it's very early still. I mean, we're less than a month in. But this division has been interesting because you have the Yankees struggling and you have Toronto not out of the gate super hot and they were a, a buzzy team in the offseason. And now you have Boston, right? Yeah. Nobody was looking at Boston. Mm-hmm. They just had that crazy winning streak. Now it does look like the Rays are starting to get going. They're over 500 like, and they played the Yankees twice already this season and won both series. But listen, baseball is always better when the Red Sox and Yankees are both good. And I just think for the sport, it would be good if Boston can sustain this throughout the rest of the year, even though no. I don't like them. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I agree. It was, it was pretty shocking when you, when you saw how well they were playing out of the gate here. But, um, you know, I, th- I feel like their lineup at least has been kind of underrated coming into the season. You know, when you see right. these guys, that the numbers are putting They'll up early on. Right, it's it, it's it's been impressive. So yeah, I agree though. You know, when both of those teams are are playing well, it, it makes this it makes MLB much much more interesting. No doubt about it. Let's keep things moving in the American League Central. I mentioned my own pick on an AL Central team. Now Bill is going to fade an AL Central team, and it is another team that had a lot of expectations, much like the Yankees, who are slow out of the gate. It's the Minnesota Twins hosting the Pittsburgh Pirates. We're seeing Minnesota being installed in this game as it looks like a dollar fifty-two, dollar fifty favorite. Jay Half, there is a name that Phillies fans will remember. Uh, certainly, I th- if I can get a sense as to where you're going here, surprised to see him at this stage in his career at that kind of price point. Uh, just kind of a fade of a cold Minnesota team, or are there some things yeah. you like about Pittsburgh here? Uh, no, there is a little bit I like about Pittsburgh, but yeah, I mean, Minnesota stinks, especially when Haps on the mound, so I'm not, they're not a, a scary team to me at all in this position, um, but only 2-5 and five as home favorites. They're also only 4-10 and ten versus non-divisional opponents, which is just abysmal. Um, Pittsburgh on the other side, you know, it's not, it's not a winning record, but you don't expect to have a winning record when you're a road dog, but they're only two games below 500 there. They're five and seven. Um, they're also four and three against the non-divisional opponents. So I like where we sit with that. And, and this kid, JT Brubaker, has been solid. I mean, he's two and zero. Oh. 
He's got a 176 ERA. Uh, Hap's got, I guess I get maybe three no decisions. Um, a decent ERA of 3.12, but I don't trust him at all in this spot. Um, I think Pittsburgh, you know, I feel like people, it's been, it's kind of like the opposite, right? We're talking about the Yankees. I feel like, you know, they think about Pittsburgh and they're like, oh, Pittsburgh, you know, they're, they're terrible. They're not going to, you know, they're going to have some talent this year. They'll trade next year, which obviously is true. I think they're the one organization where you could take all their released or traded talent over the last 10 years and you'd have a, like, absolute all-star team. Hey, don't it's sleep crazy. on the Marlins. No, you're right, right. But they they Although have wholesale, you said 10 I years Marlins, like. you got to go back, like, just like their whole history. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is very true, very true. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like Pittsburgh in this spot. Decent value. I got a plus 135. Um, I expect them to be able to get in, go, go to Minnesota uh, and, and, you know, be able to get a win here. Uh, again, J.A. Hat does not make me nervous at all in this one. Um, and again, the fact that they've had so many struggles against non-divisional opponents, and Pittsburgh's been decent in this spot throughout the early part of this year as a road dog, um, I want to be taking the value here with the Pirates. Yeah, I, I certainly can't knock the play. I think it's the only way you can look here. Like I said, I certainly don't agree with Jay Happ at this price point for Minnesota. Then you look at Pittsburgh this re- the last week for them. Two out of three in Milwaukee, and they just won two out of three against Detroit. I had them today, actually. Yeah, me too. At a plus price. And, um, you know, I think for some of these teams, like Baltimore, who you took, and, and like Pittsburgh, the reason the form early matters a little more because in, in time you do expect come the trade deadline – Pittsburgh to be where Pittsburgh always is and selling off parts like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So I think for the early parts of the season, that creates some value from a gambling standpoint. And, you know, I mentioned that two out of three against Milwaukee, two out of three against Detroit. Here they are, you know, 20 games in or 19 games in, they're nine and 10. You know, so if you blindly bet Pittsburgh, you're probably up money. Right? Yeah. What we're talking about with these dogs. So eight and four over their last 12. And Minnesota, I just saw this now. They're one and nine their last ten. I mean, yeah. There's nothing there again. There's nothing to be too worried about against this Minnesota team. And they're one and five in their last six at home. So it's not like they're, you know, this this different team when they're at home that they're able to, you know, just pick up some W's. It's the exact opposite. It seems like. Yeah. No. And, and it, it is interesting when they're going to get going the Twins because. It is a division, you know, much like Pittsburgh that we talked about. Now, Pittsburgh's still under 500. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to the Royals in a minute, but they're over 500. And by no means am I saying they're going to stick around all year, but the White Sox are at 500, and, and maybe Cleveland, I, I certainly hope that they win and, and, and get to 500. Uh, point being, I don't know that this division's a juggernaut, but, you know, if you're Minnesota – you don't want to dig too deep of a hole and be playing catch up by Memorial Day. I mean, you know, the Alex's Nats 19 and 31 at Memorial Day, you know, and winning the World Series, that is not your your typical Memorial Day turnaround. So, I understand it's still early, but for all these, you know, Minnesota, Yankees, Houston, like you mentioned, these teams that are slow out of the gate, like I think they got to get going sooner rather than later. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens there, but I definitely am with you when it comes to the Pittsburgh side in that one, it would be the way I would look to. Um, I want to get to, uh, mentioned it, we're going to get to the Royals. Bill has a pick in the game as well in the Motor City. I'm going to play the first five innings under uh, between Kansas City and Detroit. Uh, 
first five inning numbers are not out, so a little bit of a projection on my part here. The full game total is eight, so I'm thinking I get a three and a half at even money, maybe a four at standard juice, four and a half at maybe half to lay 20, somewhere in that neighborhood. But nonetheless, um, I'm going to be looking to play the first five under. Always like to look at the win patterns um, when it comes to the uh, totals. And we are going to have 11-mile-an-hour winds coming in from the right field foul pole, it looks like, here in Comerica Park in Detroit, which is known to be one of the more pitcher-friendly ballparks anyway. Uh, I think it was Nick Castellanos who made some comments when he was still with the Tigers about how many more doubles would have turned into home runs in other parks. So you get a pitcher-friendly ballpark, it would seemingly indicate with Wind blowing in, I think that's something I like. And I think the pitching matchup here is a little underrated. Casey Mize, as I said, I'll go back to the well and semi-back him here with a first five under. Uh, Before that Oakland start, it looked like he was starting to figure it out at the big league level. And Mike Miner for Kansas City is uh, a guy that has a little bit of a pedigree as as a a pretty solid left-hander that I, I think one year recently worked his way into the Cy Young conversation. So um, I think uh, the underrated pitching matchup, wins coming in, pitcher's ballpark, Kansas City and Detroit are both offensively this year outside the top 20 and weighted runs created plus. So I think that you're getting subpar offenses. I know that all of that kind of gets factored into the number, uh, but a little less than a run an inning here for the first five between the two teams. I'll take it. Uh, I think the first five goes under here, kind of like my preferred way of playing unders in the first five. I I mentioned this beginning of the pod, cash, and and this is exactly why. Today I had the over at Fenway between the Mariners and Red Sox. Got a little lucky there with the game going over in extra innings, Uh, but I like going first first five unders, full game overs in baseball just because of that variance being a little higher with the bullpens. And particularly now, if you're talking full game overs, if the game does get into extra innings, you get that runner on second right away. So uh, that's kind of how I like to look on the totals. If I'm playing an under, it's normally starting pitching based, and I don't want the variance of the bullpens or an extra inning runner on second rule screwing me over. So I'll go first five under Kansas City and Detroit. Uh, You're on the road dog here in Kansas City, who's been one of the surprises out of the gate at first in the American League Central thus far, still obviously very early. But tell me why you like Kansas City. Oh, well, they're not dogs, though, are they? Oh, did I mess that up? KC? Maybe I did. Yeah, KC, yeah, KC's favorite. That's what I thought. All right. Yeah, my mistake. Nervous, they're short favorite. Like, did I give them yeah, a bad minus number already? I'm seeing my mistake. I beg all part. good. All good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm playing the Royals minus. I got a minus 120, I believe. Um, okay. But, yeah, they're, they're solid against righties, which KC Mize is. Uh, 13th in the league, batting 234, uh, Detroit being 4-10 and 10, uh, when they're having no rest, which is going to be the scenario tomorrow as they played earlier today. Um, and you've talked about Mize's struggle uh, against Oakland. And I mentioned earlier how I didn't think Oakland was very good against uh, against righties. So, you know, when you look at that and you look at KC being much higher in that category uh, against the righties, I like where I sit with the Royals lineup going against Mize. Uh, Detroit... Just three and six against the division, like that. Uh, I like that trend as well. Uh, Royals have been playing decent. It's not that they've been, you know, making them look like they're World Series contenders per se just yet. But 
I think it's more so that Detroit has just been so subpar. One and six in their last seven. Uh, KC on the other side, they're six and three in their last nine. Nothing too, too great. But, uh, again, I like the fact that they have success against righties. Mize being the, uh, a guy who got really roughed up by that Oakland team, who's not the best lineup. Um, Grant, they're very hot right now. Uh, I like the Royals, and I'm going to be playing them again. Minus 120. Yeah, um, not a lot of pushback from me here. Um, it was a tricky side for me to get to, so that's why I kind of liked the first five under instead. Uh, but certainly uh, wishing you the best there with the roadside there in Kansas City. Let's wrap things up as we continue to work our way westward in the country and go to Denver where we have the Philadelphia Phillies taking on the Colorado Rockies, and we might be Philly fans four for fours, but that don't you can't you can't call us homers. Certainly not investing emotionally here. Uh, both of us with some pro Rockies uh, investments coming here in the final game that we're discussing on full slate. Bill, you're just going to play the Rockies on the money line. I think I'm going to play the Rockies team total over. Um, I think very similar handicaps coming from us. Just different ways of approaching it. Uh, a fade of Vinny Velo, I would imagine. Vince Velasquez yeah. owing the rubber yeah. for the Phils. Pretty much. Look at these said, We're both we're both Philly fans and I love rooting for him, but I feel like this is gonna be a nice spot to root against them because <laughs> I feel like Velasquez every single time he gets a start, it's just like it's a disaster. And he's got a, a nine ERA, which is a joke. Um we're one in three as road dogs, as we should be. Uh, we're going out to Colorado where the air is thin. The ball should be flying around, which I'm sure is a, a, a point of emphasis in your handicap while you're taking the team total of Colorado. The one thing that I will say, uh, this is not going to be a high unit play. It's probably just going to be a one unit play for me. Uh, because the one thing that I do worry about a bit is uh, – a decent amount of these Phillies have faced uh, Marquez previously in their careers, and they've all had pretty good success against him. So it wouldn't shock me if there was a lot of runs scored on both sides uh, here. But again, if I'm if I'm looking at Vince Velasquez against anybody, uh, I'm probably going to be taking the other side unless it's a ridiculous number that I'm laying with juice. So. I mean, Colorado right. just to tick over the standard dollar ten juice. <laughs> right, exactly. That's that's the thing. Like, it's not – I don't want to say there's there's a ton of value there because it's not so much plus money, but like you just said, like the fact that it's barely uh, over the minus 110 mark, it's like you, know, you really can't beat that too much, you know. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, to a degree, a blind fade of Vinny Velo – uh, and he draws into the starting rotation for the Phillies with Matt Moore uh, stepping out uh, on the COVID list, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, guy just isn't a major league starting pitcher, and I have very serious doubts if he can even stick in a bullpen at this point. Because the the problem is, and and this is certainly not good for Coors Field, but the I've said the word variance a lot on this podcast. Like there might not be a higher variance pitcher than Vince Velasquez because he could go one, two, three, and, and strike out the side, and then the next inning you walk the bases loaded. I mean, it just – you never know what you're getting with this guy, and, and that's why he hasn't been able to establish himself in the big leagues. But maybe is exactly why he's stuck around to this point, because there are plenty of fans and, and probably – 
you know, he's, this is another manager that he has played for now with the Phillies, with Joe Girardi, where you look at what he does over one inning or two and you think, oh, wow, there's something there. You know, he's throwing 100, you know, striking out the side. And it never quite comes together over the course of an entire start. But it's enough to at least open your eyes to, to keep him around. And so I think that's why he's still here. But he's certainly not somebody you want to back. I am going for the team total over instead. Like you said, the bat versus pitch stuff I think is very important when it comes to handicapping baseball. And as you said, there have been some Phillies that have had some success against German Marquez. And uh, I, you know, I, I will admit uh, this is not a huge part of my handicap, but it is something that I factored in. Um, I'm in a survivor pool this year, Bill. Uh, mm. for baseball, it's pretty fun. You pick a team to win at least 50% of their games each week. Yeah. Um, and I try and, for that reason, I try and pick teams that play six games and not seven because obviously you can go three and three and win as opposed to seven. You got to get that fourth win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, um, this week I went with the Phils and I certainly wasn't thinking they'd lose two out of three to the Giants at home. Um, but I'm still in the fight. I need two out of three this weekend in Colorado to avoid – you get three strikes in the pool. So gotcha, uh, yeah. I can avoid my first strike here. I still need two out of three, but I need a win either from Velasquez or Chase Anderson on Sunday, and that's assuming I get the NOLA win on Saturday. So we'll see, but my preferred way, for, primarily for that reason, I will <laughs> to, is just to take the Rockies team total over and maybe, you know, Either you cash your ticket too, and I got to win two in a row, or maybe the Phils pull out like a ten-eight win. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Chase Anderson, no, it sounds like for two Ws, I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> there we go, Bill. Always fun. Real quicker, kind of rapid fire baseball picks pod here. We'll continue to pump these out whenever we're looking for some content. Obviously, we did a Masters pod a couple weeks ago. I guess it's what the PGA Championship up in two three weeks now. Yeah, something yep. in May. So uh, certainly we'll look to uh, bring another pod your way there. Uh, And uh, NBA playoffs are coming soon. So no shortage of content as uh, we move into the spring. Bill, a lot of fun. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, Well, the rest of your weekend hasn't even started yet. But (laughs) nonetheless, uh, enjoy that weekend. And I'm sure we'll be chatting soon down the line. Yes, sounds good. And, guys, if you can take a chance, uh, check out on Twitter. I'm in the uh, Pick City Rumble Advanced past the first round uh, last week. Uh, the second round will be starting, I believe, May 5th. I don't know the exact day I'll be putting a play out, but uh, obviously it'll be a free play for all. It'll be a video play by uh, at Sin City Sports, who will relay it from Pick City. Um, a fun little contest, a lot of good cappers in there, so check them all out. Also partner with Pick City as well, so you can find all my packages and information uh, over at Pick City. Uh, and again, you can also find some other great cappers that are doing a bunch of different sports as well. So check those guys out. And Greg, like you said, enjoy your weekend coming up and uh, looking forward to talking to you soon. There he is, Bill Christie, Lucha Larry on Gambling Twitter at Larry's Locks 2. I'm Greg Frank. Follow me. It was a good night. And all of my picks at Undercover Greg. Shoot the podcast a follow as well. Our boy Alex Uplinger, producer, I'm sure he'll find some no-run first innings that he likes to play. Those are his <laughs> M.O.'s. Come baseball season at full underscore slate underscore pod. Everybody enjoy your weekends. And, of course, please play responsibly. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. 
legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history, relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.